Hi, everyone. Welcome into the BT Powerhouse podcast. My name is Thomas Bendit. As always, I am your manager and host of uh, the podcast and BT Powerhouse. So we are returning. It is Monday night, January 9th. Um, If you're a college football fan, the national championship game is rolling along right now. Um, I hate for the conflict, uh, especially as a college football fan myself. So I, I have a background, at least for me, um, but but for everyone else, um, obviously I'm I'm expecting most people will listen to this on Tuesday morning. So I'm I'm most of you know the results of the game. It looks like Bama Bama's taking control, but we'll we'll see if they can hold on. <laughs> but uh, you know we are returning. The we've gotten through about two weeks or so of conference play. We have some, uh, you know, we have a lot of things to jump into here. And um, as always, you know, I want to start with, uh, you know, sort of our, our general format here and to start with, you know, what's on our minds uh, starting at at, uh, at this, you know, for today, uh, <laughs> what's most recently on our minds. Um, and, you know, I should at least throw out as well, uh, we have a great guest on today, uh, Bart from T-Rank which is a advanced stats site, sort of similar to Ken Palm, um, but has a different flair and really excited for him to come on in a little bit. But, uh, but jumping back into sort of what's on the mind most recently, uh, you know, slew of games over the weekend, the, but the biggest was Wisconsin at Purdue, the two big 10 title contenders, so to speak. Um, Purdue ends up coming out on top and really in I don't want to call it dominating fashion because it wasn't dominant, but it was a very solid win. It was impressive. Um, and they, <laughs> uh, they're back in the big 10 title hunt. I would say uh, Purdue improved to 14 and three on the season, three and one overall. And, and the big, the big story with Purdue continues to be Caleb Swanigan, who has just been fun, nothing short of phenomenal. Um, if, if, the play so far has been any indication he's going to run away with big 10 player of the year. You know, uh, he put up another double double in that win over Wisconsin. And that was the second one of the week. Uh, what is fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh? Like he has like seven or eight in a row uh, going right now. He has just been an absolute tank for the Boilermakers. And they got just enough from that, from that backcourt, from that wing group. Um you know, certainly uh, Mathis, P.J. Thompson, he hit a couple big three. Well, I guess he just hit the one. <laughs> but uh, him and Mathis, you know, hit hit a couple big-time threes. You know, uh, Thompson certainly had a huge one in the second half when Purdue was starting to get up. So I uh, – really both the teams, uh, it, it's hard not to like what Purdue and Wisconsin both bring to the table. But huge win for Purdue. And um, one of the things I had talked about earlier in the week was uh, – I wrote sort of a thought piece and it it got some uh, fire feedback. You know, I, I admit it was a little bit of a hot take, but it was something that was on my mind and it was something I wanted to chat about. And I did sort of a thought, you know, a think piece on whether Wisconsin had essentially locked up the big 10 after they went on the road and beat Indiana. And the concept was, is, you know, they got one of their tough game, toughest games out of the way, at least on paper and with that one sort of in the books, uh, did their schedule make it so likely um, that, <laughs> that essentially 
for uh, all realistic purposes, they had already, you know, quote unquote, locked up the Big Ten, uh, so to speak. Um, I, I did a four, I did an against. Um, and, you know, to be honest, I, I think my, um, my thought was somewhere in between. You know, I, I thought Wisconsin had certainly drastically helped its odds. I, I didn't think they locked it up. However, I did think if they had beaten Purdue, which obviously they didn't, they would have locked it up. So I think that's a huge win, not only in the sense that Purdue gets a marquee win at home and really builds a resume that, that's looking like they may end up with, with a top two seed, probably three, but they could get into that two range if things go well. But not only that, but you know, you held back Wisconsin from what looked like a almost a sure thing if with the Badgers did beat Purdue. So I, I think you know it's a huge win for that, and and really is going to define the Big Ten title race going forward. And we'll get into that with with Bart a little bit uh, later. But the other the other thing for me that that really stood out, or at least is on my mind, um, is Ohio State. You know, the Buckeyes haven't gotten much talk. You know. Preseason, some of the advanced stat sites really liked them because they returned so much, um, liked their experience, liked their depth. Um, they don't really like it as much anymore. <laughs> uh, but Ohio State has faded substantially over the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, it, it, if you really, if you go back to early December, so just over a month ago, um, as I mentioned, today's January 9th, so December 3rd. Ohio State 7-1, and one. they have a win over Marshall, they have a win over Providence, a Providence team that was pretty good last year, um, and their only loss is in a tight, very competitive game on the road against Virginia. And remember, this is a Virginia team that virtually never loses at home. So if you're an Ohio State fan at that point, you're sitting you know, pretty, pretty uh, uh, optimistic about what's to come. However, following that up, you lose at home to Florida Atlantic, who's terrible. You barely beat a UConn team that has been thoroughly mediocre this year. Um, you go on uh, on a neutral court. You get beaten by UCLA, which isn't that bad considering how good the Bruins are. Um, you follow that up with two uh, guarantee wins. However, one of them against UNC Asheville is a slim win where you had to sweat it out a little bit. Um and then you enter Big Ten play at 10-3, and three, you lose on the road against Illinois, you lose to Purdue at home, and you lose to Minnesota on the road. Now, the one, the one positive side to that is that none of those losses have been blowouts. They've all been competitive. You know, certainly that Purdue one, Ohio State was one shot away from winning the game. Now, granted, it was an awful shot uh, by Lyle <laughs> right at the buzzer, but you know, they're one shot away from winning that game, getting a huge uh, top 20 win. Um, and, it, it, you know, even the Illinois game was competitive and Minnesota, Ohio State did come back in the second half after being uh, shellacked <laughs> out of the opening uh, buzzer or opening tip, I should say. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I mean, as I said, you know, this has been a substantial slide over the last, you know, month. They're uh, what, two and eight in their last, what, 10 games here. Um, or sorry, uh, I'm losing track here, but uh, 
Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's been a significant slide. You know, they're 0-3 in Big Ten play. And the really scary thing, if you're an Ohio State fan, is that the upcoming schedule does you absolutely no favors. And here's what I mean by that. So, again, Ohio State's 0-3 in the Big Ten, and uh, their non-conference resume isn't all that great. And why that's important is they, they sort of have to make up for it in Big Ten play. So they can't just be average. They have to be a little better than average if they're going to make a tournament run. So they're 0-3. This week they go on the road against Wisconsin. Sunday they get Michigan State at home, a Michigan State team that is certainly desperate uh, to get some quality wins. Then they follow that up with a road trip to Nebraska, who is uh, – I, I wouldn't call red hot after they just lost to Northwestern, but has shown plenty of fight um, and plenty enough to take down Ohio state at home. And then after that, you get Northwestern and Minnesota at home. Um, and then you, you follow that up with a road trip to Iowa. I, if I'm an Ohio state fan, I don't know if I feel confident in any of those games. You're arguably your most winnable game of the next six is Michigan State at home, a, te- a team coached by Tom Izzo. So I, I don't think you can feel confident at all in any of those six games. And I know a lot of this goes across the Big Ten because it's such a tight conference this year. But, you know, there's a very, very good chance Ohio State loses at least three of the next six, which would put it at um, three and six in the Big Ten. And it's still, you know, Ohio State still has Indiana later in the season. They still get, they get Wisconsin again. They get a road trip to East Lansing. They get a road trip to Maryland, a road trip to Ann Arbor. There's a lot of challenging games in the second half of the schedule too. So I I think, you know, this, these next couple of games are basically going to determine the season for Ohio State. Um, And, you know, unfortunately they lost Keita Bates Diop for the season you know, that was one of their big news stories over the last week or so for the Buckeyes. But I, I just I don't know if you can you can feel very good about where things sit for Ohio State. And, you know, the pressure is going to be on. That's all I'll say if, if they can't get things together here, because we have seen consistent regression from Ohio State over the last couple of seasons. You know, a couple of years ago, um, they had that Deshaun Thomas team, the Aaron Craft team, which nearly got to the final four, but since then it's been a consistent regression and it, you know, they sort of had D'Angelo Russell save them for a year, but even then, you know, the last three, four years, they've been thoroughly underwhelming. Um, and, and this year, I mean, I gotta be honest. I, I really think it's possible that, that things could go off the rail late in the year. I, I know it's, you don't want to speculate what's going to happen in March this early, but, um, I, w- I would be concerned. That's all I would say if I was an Ohio State fan uh, as far as things sit right now. But um, we're still we're still waiting on Bart here for a little bit, um, <laughs> probably distracted by some of the national championship uh, drama here. Um, I think it's still 7-0 for, for Bama. But I <clears> – <throat> excuse me. Um, but I, I do want to move into, you know, sort of our next segment where we kind of go top-down – um, we hit on some of the top, but I did want to hit on a couple of the middle teams here and particularly another team that I think is flying a little bit under the radar. Um, and that's Northwestern last weekend, they go on the road, they pick up a huge win over Nebraska. And that was sort of a rebound 
after losing back-to-back games, you know, at Michigan State and then at home against Minnesota. Um, however, you know, Northwestern's sitting at 13-4. and four. They're 2-2 two and two in the Big Ten. They got two Big Ten road wins, which are never easy to get, um, except maybe it gets Rutgers, I guess, but um, certainly notable. And they have a very, very manageable slate coming up uh, over the next couple of weeks. You know, just going by Ken Palm odds here, um, over their next five games, they're favored in four of them. And the only one they're not is when they go to Ohio State on January 22nd, where they have 41% odds to win. Obviously, that will change before tip-off against uh, the Buckeyes, but you have to feel pretty good about um, that stretch. I mean, it would be certainly shocking if Northwestern didn't win one of those five, um, and and even if they didn't win two, you know, with, with those kind of odds, you would expect them to go uh, three and two at worst, and probably four and one or better, certainly considering what they did against Nebraska. So I, I think if you're a Northwestern fan, you have to feel really good about that. And if they can do well over those, those next four, I, I would be very intrigued to see what kind of environment they get um, at the end of January when they get Indiana at home on a Sunday. Um, frankly, that, that could be one of their, their biggest home games of the year. I, I think it could end up being a uh, a real thriller for both teams because, uh, frankly, both <laughs> are going to need uh, some quality wins down the stretch here. Certainly, how Indiana's played over the the last couple of weeks. But um, again, talking about sort of the Big Ten middle here, um, another team that I that I like sort of where they're trending. Um, that's Maryland. Uh, you know, last week. Uh, Coming into the week, uh, you know, last Monday or so, a lot of disappointment. Maryland lost at home to Nebraska. You know, a, a tough home loss for a program that hasn't lost too much at home in in recent memory. Um, but they followed it up this week with their only game. They go on the road to Michigan. They score a, a big win. Um, I wouldn't call it a marquee, marquee-type win, but a big, notable win and one that's going to add to the uh the old resume at the end of the season but um you know the Terps do have a a very challenging upcoming slate but you know when when you look at it they get Indiana at home this week followed by Illinois on the road I think they can win both those games if they can pull two quote-unquote upsets there which I don't even know if they would be considered upsets necessarily um, I, I think you you have to feel like Maryland's about a lock for the for the tournament at that time. I know it's always early to to say that kind of thing, but uh, but I mean it, if they win those two games, which again I think is more than reasonable to guess, uh, they'd be 16 and two, four and one in the Big Ten, and plenty of winnable games down the stretch, you know, they get Ohio State at home, they get Rutgers at home, they get a road game at Rutgers, um, plenty of opportunities to add to the old uh, win-loss, uh, well, I should say the win column, <laughs> not not to the loss column, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, you'd have to feel good about, about where Maryland sits, um, but moving, moving on from that, one other uh, big note I did want to hit on before... Bart joins us. Uh, hopefully he 
he can jump on here soon. Um, but uh, Nebraska did pick up a huge, huge commit um, earlier this afternoon. They got Isaac Copeland from Georgetown as a transfer. They're going to petition for him to get immediate eligibility next season. We'll see. Personally, you know, just pure speculation. Doesn't seem super likely they'll get it, but you never know. I mean, I don't know the exact details of the situation, so it's certainly certainly possible. But, um, you know, Copeland, probably a three to four. Um, you know, we'll have to see sort of how Nebraska's roster develops this offseason. Uh, you know, there's always 50 million <laughs> moving parts, it seems like, lately, um, certainly with all the, the college basketball transfers. But right now, I, I would say he's probably going to play at the four based on um, the current roster configuration. You know, you figure uh, – they could move uh, Morrow over to the, the three, put Copeland in at the four. And even then, they're also going to be getting James Palmer off of his redshirt season this year, who played for Miami. So, you know, you really have to start liking that roster, um, certainly with how Nebraska's played over the last couple or last couple of weeks. Um, things are looking good in Lincoln. <laughs> that's, that's one thing I would say, but uh, – I do, I do like where things sit, are sitting for uh, for Nebraska ball, so to speak. Um, and I, I think Copeland adds adds to that success, adds to that momentum, and uh, should be a uh, a big commitment down the line, um, especially if he does end up being eligible for next year. You know, they have plenty of talent, and they should have plenty of experience, um, especially. Uh, with Watson and, and Kill and some of those other guys, but one one storyline I I guess I wanted to uh, to hit on very quick. Um, but you know one a couple other teams here uh, hitting on sort of the the bottom a little bit last year before we get Bart. Um, one other team I I did want to hit on for a second. You know a lot of fans are disappointed that was Illinois. They've opened Big Ten play at one and two after a relatively productive non-conference slate, but they really got handled against Indiana last weekend. Um, game was never really that competitive. I know Illinois cut the deficit a little bit in the second half, but Indiana um, really took it to them <laughs> early on. And um, to give you an idea of the competitiveness of that game, Less than five minutes in, Indiana already had 95% odds uh, to come up with the win. So I, I'm, I'm not a believer that uh, Illinois ever really had a chance in that game. But Illinois has some really tricky games coming up next on the schedule. They get Michigan and Maryland at home this week. Neither is even close to a guaranteed win. Um, in fact, given how the team played last Saturday, I, I wouldn't feel confident in winning either of those. So I – very important next week here for the Illini and we'll see where things go, but um, the pressure has to be on, on old John Gross, but um, we do finally have our, our guest on here. Um, Bart's joining us. Uh, how are things going, Bart? Good. How are you doing, Thomas? Good, good. Excited to get you on. Sorry to bug you on national championship Monday, um, but it, it just worked out that tonight was a good night. <laughs> um, yeah, no problem. Good yeah. Yeah. Well, um, but I, I, I did want to jump straight into things here, um, and let, let's start at the top of the Big Ten. Um, obviously, Bart, you, you do 
you do what's called the T rank, which is sort of a, well, you know what, why don't, why don't you explain kind of what the T rank is? I'm, I'm sure you can explain a little better than I can. Sure. Uh, so it's basically uh, based on adjusted offensive and defensive efficiency. Um, pretty much a Ken Palm light, I would say. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, so it's a hobby of mine uh, and uh, kind of have fun with it. But that's basically what it is, is adjusted offense and defensive efficiency uh, to come up with a team rating. And so you can make predictions and, and you know, project things out using it. Awesome. Well, let's start right at the top of the Big Ten. Um, You just updated some of your stats, and the one that a lot of people care about is the Big Ten title race. Obviously, that changed a lot on Sunday when Purdue took down Wisconsin, but where where does your site see things? Um, Is there anything surprising, I guess, about it? And uh, how, how do you see that developing here over the next week or two? Sure. Yeah, so the the current projections are pretty much a dead heat between Purdue and Wisconsin, which I don't think is too surprising. Um, you know, it was kind of a must-win for Purdue at home against Wisconsin. It's their only game against each other um, on the season, so Purdue's got kind of an advantage there um, in that they got the home game. Um, uh, but projecting it out the rest of the way, you know, in the T rank, um, they're they're pretty much. Uh, even as far as their overall rating and they've got pretty similar schedules the rest of the way. So, um, and they've got both have one loss, you know, Purdue got upset at home by Minnesota. Um, uh, Wisconsin hasn't really been upset by anybody yet, but uh, you know, obviously there's a long way to go. So um, the projections right now are pretty much a dead heat 50, 50 at the top. Um, But there's a long way to go. And I guess as far as a surprise, I think the big surprise is Minnesota. Um, and my my projections have Minnesota with a pretty decent shot of getting a share of the title at 20%, um, which I don't think is wow. um, anybody expected. Um, yeah. <clears throat> and, and actually even a 10% chance almost of getting a, a you know, sole title. Um, and, you know, that's based on the projection of them, of the rating. Um, I think they're currently 27th or something in the T rank, which is – which is higher than in some other ratings. So they might be a little bit overrated, um, but, you know, we're kind of waiting for the waiting for Minnesota to show its true colors and they haven't shown them yet. Um, if, if you're, if you're skeptical of them. Um, so we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. And one, and one actually, other they, thing they've got, you know, go ahead. Oh, Oh, go ahead about Minnesota. <laughs> well, I was just going to, you know, Minnesota has um, four games coming up here at Michigan state at Penn state, home against Wisconsin at Ohio state, all of which I would say are, you know, kind of toss up games. You could see them winning each one of those games and you could certainly see them losing each one of them, except for maybe at Penn state, but you know, Penn state just took down Michigan state. Um, so, you know, and, and I think that'll kind of decide their season, you know, um, how they do in those four games. Yeah. 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 Definitely agree, and it, it should be a really interesting stretch there. I'm I'm really intrigued to see the return game uh, for Minnesota-Michigan State because the first one was such a great game. Uh, right. We'll be intrigued. And, you know, frankly, uh, you know, I, I don't like to say a, a team got lucky in winning it, but uh, I, I do think Michigan State's comeback was pretty, pretty uh, impressive <laughs> in the closing minutes right. of that one. You know, it looked like Minnesota had them finished off, so it'll be uh, – 
it'll be intriguing to see how much uh, Minnesota tries to close off this one, I guess. Um, yeah, but, it kind of seems but, like one of those games where maybe a team isn't, you know, hasn't really learned to win yet, right? And uh, mm-hmm. um, But maybe now they have. You know, they've got two big road wins since then at Purdue and Northwestern, so. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm I'm very excited to see that one. Um, one, one other team I wanted to bring up, though, in the old title hunt, um, I, I have officially started calling them a afterthought, a dark horse, um, whatever have you, uh, whatever term you like. Um, mm-hmm. And that's Indiana for the Big Ten title. Um, I know Hoosier fans don't like to hear it, but um, I, I just I don't see the route to the title, barring just an insane collapse by a couple teams now. Um, do your numbers agree with that, or uh, do you see Indiana still having a legitimate shot? Well, you know, in the in the current simulation where I run 50,000, they only get a share of the title 2% of the time. Um, and that's based on them, you know, their rating is 28th. So I think that's probably pretty similar to what most people have them at, um, borderline top 25 team right now. I just think they're a tough team um, to get a handle on because obviously they've got their, their best is very good. Um, they've shown they can beat anybody. They beat Kansas. They beat North Carolina. Um, but they don't bring their best all the time and you know, they don't, you know, they don't play defense like you would hope all the time. And so it's just, it's just tough to get a read on them. Um, I will say, you know, one thing you can do on my site is you can, you can go back and look at where, where people were at this time last year um, in the T rank time machine. And, you know, the things weren't looking so great for Indiana last year at this time either. So, mm-hmm. um, and things can change a lot. You know, last, last year at this time, Purdue was in the top five. Um, they looked, they looked really good. Um, they had a 50% chance of winning the title at this time last year. Um, Iowa was, you know, I think had already beaten Michigan mm-hmm. state once or twice. And, um, you know, so obviously you could take all this with a great salt. It's not like this is. Um, mathematically proven who's who's a legitimate contender, but they definitely have a, a tough road ahead if they want to get back into it. They're going to have to they're going to have to pick up some upsets. Definitely, yeah, I'm I'm in total agreement. I I just I know it's possible, and certainly you know uh, what they've played three Big Ten games. You know they still got 15 left, but it's just right. You know, the big the big thing is, uh, and I, I brought this up, you know after the the three losses uh, to, you know, Nebraska, Louisville, Wisconsin, uh, right in a row. But, you know, they still got Wisconsin on the road. They still got a double play with Purdue. Um, It wouldn't be shocking at all for them to lose all three of those games. And that's just those three. I mean, there's more challenging games Mm -hmm. than that. So it's a lot of danger ahead from the Hoosiers. I I think they're still going to be a factor in March, but um, that Big Ten title window is, is definitely getting narrow. Um, but moving down to, to sort of the middle here, which kind of seems like it's the, the entire rest of the conference for the Big Ten. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But, uh, but uh, I, I wanted to touch on a couple teams, uh, the first being Maryland. Um, you know, Maryland fans seem to have an absolute uh, hate relationship with Ken Palm. Ken Palm seems to right. hate the Terps. <laughs> uh, do, you, do you agree with that, or do your numbers agree with that hatred? And uh, yeah, could you they, try to they, explain, they, uh, you know, what's going on with that? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's one of those kind of evergreen 
topics. You know, the analytics don't seem to like Maryland. Um, they win a lot of close games. Um, it, you know, I think they're five or six, five or six and one this year in close games, defined as six points or less or overtime. Um, you know, in previous years, it's been similar. It, they've just gotten they've just got a great record in close games and a system like Ken Palm or like T-Rank, basically close games, you know, they're considered ties. That's how it sees them, you know, pretty close to a tie. Um, you know, they're aware of the margin of victory. So if you're, if you're beating bad teams by two points, that's not much different than losing by two points, pretty much the same. And Maryland keeps coming out on the, uh, what Bo Ryan used to call the left-hand side. Um, and that's all that, that's all that counts. Right. But, um, <laughs> But when you're trying to predict the future, um, that you got to pay attention to that. And you know, I think the the question with Maryland is, are they legitimately a team that has a special talent um, for closing out games? And it's not inconceivable. You know, they've got Melo mm-hmm. Trimble, who's a player with special special talents. You know, he can get to the line at will late in games, and he's always got the ball in his hands, and he shoots 90% from the free throw line. So. Mm-hmm that's a good thing. Um, and so there's a reason to think they're better in close games than other teams, but then you got to ask, why are they more often in close games with bad teams? Um, and yeah, so, you know, you know, I, I could, I, if I were an, a Maryland fan, I would also feel the same way. I think, you know, it's annoying when, <laughs> you know, when people don't, uh, or when a system doesn't recognize that winning is really what matters um, as far as, you know, at the end of the day, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, um, I think they're around 50th in the T rank. Um, and, you know, they took a big jump. Um, that was a big win at Michigan over the weekend. Um, I think that raised them about 10, 11 spots and, um, you know, I think that gets them definitely uh, in the tournament picture for sure. Um, mm-hmm. But whether they can, you know, I think that's a big game coming up with Indiana this week. Um, kind of a uh, elimination game as far as Big Ten title goes. The loser of that game, I don't think, has a real realistic shot of getting the title. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. I think uh, it's going to be a huge one. I think that Maryland crowd is obviously going to be very engaged. Um, and mm-hmm. I I just uh, I I always complain about the Big Ten scheduling nonstop. Not uh, not only be due to the whole rivalry, protective rivalry thing, but also because. A lot of times it seems like they do not want to schedule these huge games at night. And when I say night, mm-hmm. I'm talking like 9 p.m. prime time, uh, you know, getting that crowd involved. And this one is going to be one of them, which I'm very excited about. Um, okay. I love this. Maryland's crowds are always awesome for these games. So I'm just – I'm excited yeah. for that factor. Um, yeah, I went to couple... the Wisconsin-Maryland game uh, in 2015. Uh, oh, okay. It was quite a scene. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, definitely. Um, but a uh, couple other teams I wanted to hit on. Um, the, and, and really, uh, I, I want to throw these sort of uh, in a group here. Um, that's Northwestern, Michigan State, Michigan, and Ohio State. I know that's a lot of teams in there, um, but all of them 
you know, I know, you know, Northwestern's obviously had the most success so far. Michigan State looked like it might have been turning the corner, but uh, stumbled against Penn State. Uh, Michigan has kind of been hit or miss, and Ohio State looks like it's trending down. Um, most most people have all four of these teams pretty close, especially for bracketology type uh, projections, which you know always take with a grain of salt. But um, who, if you had to pick right now, who do your numbers like the most of these four to make the tournament? Um, and it, do you have any, uh, I guess, thoughts on on any of these four as far as uh, making the tournament? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely an interesting group. Um, I guess Ohio State, I think, is is sort of the odd one out at this point. You know, they've fallen to 0-3 with some winnable games. Um, At least, you know, at Illinois, that's a tough one to lose if you want to make the tournament um, with a kind of uh, pedestrian non-conference that they had. Um, So they'll have to really turn it around. Um, I think if if they want to get back in the tournament picture, and you know it's it's starting off the turnaround attempt with at Wisconsin is not the best way to do it, you know. So um, they're definitely the toughest one to get in the tournament at this point. Um, the other three, you know, in my little uh, bracketology thing, are all um, in the tournament right now, um, in sort of the seven to ten range. Um, seed mm-hmm. range. Um, it's just a, it's just a real uh, kind of logjam there. Big Ten teams between the seven seeds and the and the bubble. And Ohio State's actually the first team out in my projections. And these are um, take it with the tiniest grain of sand <laughs> that you can think <laughs> of. But uh, they're they're kind of fun and mm-hmm. and they update constantly. Um, so. You know, what I think will happen is, you know, there's there's just going to be a lot of 50-50 games in the Big Ten this year. And, you know, so the basically it's going to be who gets who gets the coin flip games. And usually what happens is somebody wins more of them than you would expect and somebody loses more of them than you would expect. And, and so fate kind of has its way with somebody. Um, and if I'm going to guess who fate's going to have its way with in a bad way, it's got to be Northwestern. You know, it's, um, <laughs> I think that the Cubs sucked up any um, good luck out of the north side of Chicago and my town, my hometown of Evanston or my current hometown. Um, so if I, if I'm playing a uh, fortune teller, I think Northwestern is, is out, but that's just uh, mystical talk right now. You know, they've uh, right now they're in, you know, I think the, the thing with Northwestern is they've got a bunch of winnable games. Um, it's pretty easy to see them going 10 and 8 in conference without really beating um, anybody who's really all that good. Um, uh, maybe one one or two big home wins. And is that going to be enough um, to get in the tournament? With a, You know, they have the one big win in non-conference over Dayton and the two real tough losses against Butler and Notre Dame. Um they gotta beat somebody. You know, they gotta they gotta pull off a win over Indiana or Purdue. Um because they get both of them at home I think and and to really shore up their resume. Um Michigan State is still kind of a mystery team I think because um 
you know, they didn't they didn't get they got the one big win over Mich- Wichita State um, in non-conference, but other than that, they just didn't get any wins. And then Bridges got hurt, and now they're starting the four freshmen. It sounds like, so you could see them getting better as those you know it's a great freshman class. Um, come together, get better as the year goes on, and then make the typical run in March. But if they have some growing pains and then lose a couple of games that they shouldn't, they're going to be on the bubble. Mm-hmm. So it's just another really interesting, you know, every game is <laughs> going to be interesting to watch with them. Did I touch everybody you asked about? Uh, I believe so. Michigan. I think Michigan, so. of course. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The Wolverines. Yeah, and Michigan, you know, um, I think Michigan's going to be fine. Um, you know, they got a couple good wins in the non-conference. Right now they're sort of, I think, a little bit above the bubble. Um, if they beat the teams they should beat, get a couple home wins, I think they'll be okay. Um, but uh, losing at home to Maryland is a tough one. Um, mm. Definitely, you know, you're kind of minus one on the, on the ledger there. Um, you got to pick that up somewhere. Yeah, I mean the the thing for me, you know, certainly as I mentioned on this podcast more times than I probably should, but uh, as a as a big time uh, Michigan fan, uh, the the thing that was so frustrating, at least for me, was just how winnable that game was and how winnable that yeah. Iowa game was. You know, to let those opportunities slip away. I mean, if Michigan closes out those, you got a Big Ten road win on your resume. And you got to win over a Maryland team who, you know, things are going to change between now and the end of the season, obviously. But, you know, Maryland's pretty high in the RPI, so that would have right. been a nice yeah, RPI a win. win, too. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you let two wins that would have been really valuable slip away. Um, you know, get credit to Iowa and Maryland. You know, they, they made the plays to win the games, obviously. But uh, th- those are ones where I, I really think – and, and more so for for Michigan, you know, they also let a game slip away against Virginia Tech in non-conference play that would have been really valuable, right. uh, especially considering what they've done since then. Um, so, I mean, uh, I, I think Michigan's team is still solid, but uh, can't can't keep letting those games slip away or it's really going to bite Definitely. you. Um, yeah, but I, I, Virginia Tech game, they were up really big almost the whole game right that just kind of oh yeah uh, it was a uh it was a complete choke job that is what i would call it <laughs> complete choke job i mean it was uh I'm, I'm not gonna you know compare it to you know that northern iowa uh win in the ncaa tournament or anything like that last year but it was a it was a pretty big collapse you know it looked like michigan mm-hmm. had it had it in the bag but um but moving to the the bottom here real quickly um, not uh, none of these teams look like they're going to be in great contention for NCAA tournament for the for the NCAA tournament, excuse me. Um, but you know you have Penn State, you have Iowa, you got Nebraska and uh, Rutgers. Um, wh- which of these teams do you think can do the most damage? I mean, obviously it looks like Nebraska right now, but uh, going forward, uh, who do you see as kind of the wild card of this group? I guess uh, obviously Nebraska's got some big wins already. Um, so the question is, is that just sort of a lucky uh, little uh, window that they they went through? Um, have they already got their big upsets on the year? 
Um, and for purposes of this, I'll just assume that they have. And then that, in my mind, that leaves Iowa. Um, you know, Iowa, I guess they kind of struggled against Rutgers and they, um, but they did, they did beat Michigan, you know, and, uh, yeah, that's, they played Nebraska really tough on the road. Um, they've got, uh, some freshmen who are looking pretty good. Um, certainly the future is kind of, um, you know, the future is looking good as far as next year with the three or four freshmen that they've got. Tyler Cook looked really good in the post. I watched most of that, uh, Nebraska game, and I was pretty impressed with him. Um, and Bohannon, you know, we, we Wisconsin fans are familiar with the Bohannon family, and he's, he's coming out gunning. He's got the green light at all times, so kind of fun to watch him play. Um, and that's, you know, that's the way Iowa plays. They just go out and shoot. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so, you know, I think they're they're really struggling on defense, um, playing so many freshman minutes with – you know, offense first guys, but as far as team that you could see, definitely getting some upsets, a uh, team with shooters and, and young athletic guys, I could see them pulling off some upsets. I don't think any of those four teams is going to get in the tournament, like you said. Um, but, you know, maybe one, the one most likely to make a run in the, in the big 10 tournament and maybe get to the final or something like that. I would go with Iowa. Mm. Yeah. I'm uh I'm definitely in agreement as far as uh, um, that. I, I viewed Iowa as a dangerous team for like the whole year. Um, and I, I really like uh, what the, what the Hawkeyes bring to the table. I know they're inconsistent, but a uh, lot, a lot of talent on that team, at least in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, I think they're hard to match up against as well uh, with that, with that wing group. But, uh, but yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah and obviously Jock is a great player, so he can, he can oh, yeah. win by himself. <laughs> Yeah, anytime you got a guy like that, it's uh, definitely a wild card. But um, but with that, uh, Bart, any any final takeaways here on the on the Big Ten uh, before we let you go? I just think it's going to be a fun one. Like I said, a lot of fifty fifty games, and uh, and we'll we'll cross our fingers for the Badgers. Um, and you know, the the last thought I had is, you know, if things fall right in these fifty fifty games, kind of nobody gets too lucky. Nobody gets too unlucky. We could end up with nine teams, <laughs> you know, seven of which yeah. are maybe not very good, but a bunch of bubble teams could sneak into the tournament. And I never know if that's good or bad. I kind of prefer to have a strong, stronger, smaller group from the conference rather than a mm-hmm. bunch of first round sacrificial lambs. But um, that that's an interesting aspect of it. Yeah. I mean, the, the real scary thing, if you're a, a big 10 fan, quote unquote, um, is just that, you know, if, if you are a believer in the bracketologies, how they look now, which again, they will not look like this on selection Sunday, but, um, you know, the big Ten's projected to have nine teams in the field. And I think on almost all of them, they have another team that's like right outside. So theoretically mm-hmm. the big 10 could possibly have like 10 teams in the field. I doubt it will happen, but it's possible. Right. Um, but it's also possible they could get 10 teams in and none of them make it past the first weekend. Uh, just right. because almost all of them are going to be low seeds that are mm-hmm. going to have a tough game in the first one, let alone the second. Yeah. And even, you know, some of the higher up ones like Wisconsin and Purdue, I, I think Wisconsin and Purdue are going to have a tough time getting a two seed. I think it's possible, but they're probably going to yeah, be three seeds that, or yeah. lower. Yeah, and yeah. then you know if you're a if you're a three seed or lower, uh, 
it, it's not that crazy for a three seed to go down in the first weekend. It's certainly not a four. Um, Definitely. So I, yeah, there's no it, demons in the gonna, second round. So. Yeah, exactly. And it's, uh, I, I just, that's the one thing that could be really frustrating about, and uh, about the big 10 and, and certainly considering the conference didn't have a final four team last year. Uh, it's, it's not looking pretty to get a, another one this year. Yeah. And, and that, uh, what seems like the ever growing national championship drought, but, um, nonetheless, yeah. Uh, Bart, thanks for joining us. I appreciate it. And uh, my pleasure. Where, where, yeah, and uh, let everyone know uh, where they can check out your stuff. B a r t t o r v i k. <laughs> awesome, Bart. Thanks a lot. Have a good one. You too. Take care. Uh, as as a you know, just a refresher there. That was a uh, Bart. He he runs his own uh, site. It's called T Rank, sort of like Ken Palm. But, uh, but with that, that's going to be our podcast for this time. Definitely check out BT Powerhouse. we got a lot of great stuff up there right now. Um, as always, my name is Thomas Bendit. You can follow me on Twitter at TBendit. And we'll see you all next time.